Hey, welcome back to another week of the base training podcast. I always start off like that. I need to come up with a new intro. <laughs> like a snare. Um, we are going to be talking about muscle soreness and whether you need to go into a gym, smash yourself into a point where you're you can't lift your arms, you can't sit down on the toilet, and you can't walk out of the stairs, and it's just pure agony. Your muscles are just that sore. And whether you actually need to have muscle soreness to see improvements, um, and whether that kind of correlates working hard to uh, increased fitness improvements. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Will Strafty and Mr. Stefan Winder. And as always, we're going to quickly tell you where you can find us if you want more information about us. Uh, Stefan, where can everyone find you? So you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Stefan underscore Winder. You can find me on LinkedIn, Stefan Winder MSC. You can find me on Facebook, Stefan Winder Strength and Movement Coach. Or you can hit me up on email, Stefan at base.training. Boom. William, where can everyone find you? <laughs> um, so I'm on LinkedIn, Will Strathdee. Instagram, coach underscore Will underscore Strathdee. Facebook, Will Shafty, Health and Fitness Coach, and Will at Base Stop Training is me now. Excellent. <laughs> Got it first time. <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> and you can find myself on Lee Carter UK at Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my email is Lee at Base Training. If you want more information about Base Training, you can go to www.base.training and uh, scroll through the pages and find out a bit more about it. You can also book a free consultation on there. Um, so, we are talking about muscle soreness and DOMS. Uh, Stefan, what is what is DOMS? <laughs> DOMS, it is an abbreviation for the term delayed onset of muscle soreness. Yes, got one. <laughs> <laughs> Will, do we need it? Uh, mm, uh, yeah, mm, for the general health population, quite no. No, no I, I think I'd agree there. Um, and I think it's, and I, I had a conversation with someone yesterday, day two or three days ago, um, who had a conversation with someone at work saying they went to a body bump class, a body bump, body pump class. <laughs> And uh, they were really proud of themselves, which is awesome. And they were even more proud of the fact that they couldn't lift their arms for five days. And that, to them, was a badge of honour, a sign of achievement, and a sign that they got more out of the class because they were more sore than everyone else. And I think it's a, it's a misnomer that, it, that needs to be um, cleared up. And it's just like one of those myths in the fitness industry and there's too many of them so we need to clear this up and you, I don't, you don't need to have extreme muscle soreness or mu real muscle soreness at all to create an adaption to see improvements. I'd actually say it's probably detrimental to your um, fitness in the long run and to the rate of improvement that you could see. What do you guys think? Yeah, like recurring doms definitely not i think everyone should experience doms at some point in their life to understand why it sucks so bad <laughs> um 
And also, if you have never exercised before, you will get DOMS. It does happen. Even if it's just body weight movements, going through just your basic patterns and stuff. Like, even if I'm just sitting to a box, air squat to box, um, doing a weighted bow to a wall just so I'm getting that external cue to make sure that my bum is moving backwards and not bending my knees. Um, like for example, I've just had a client recently, literally never exercised. They're 33 years old. Um, bar PE, random PE classes when they're in primary school, never done exercise, never been to a gym before, didn't know what a gym looked like. So literally no um, movement competency, uh, zero training age. So it's literally, they are a bit of clay at this point in time that I'm preparing to sculpt. Okay. Um, so literally teaching them from scratch, just body weight movements, um, a lot of time assisted as well. Um, so I'm doing like really high incline tempo push-ups with them as well, just so they can understand the control required and what positions to hit. They're trying to paint a picture at every position. Um, and they were, although that wouldn't typically generate DOMS, like for him, that was ve- like, he was only doing three to four reps of everything. And he was very sore the next days because he's establishing those new synapses and those patterns with his central nervous system. So in order to get that adaptation to ingrain those new patterns he will get soreness uh, but from now on with accurate load management he won't get it like it, he's had it for his first two sessions because they're brand new to him but he's in his second week now and he's absolutely fine his body has established those patterns and his musculature is starting to adapt already because his stimulus he's never experienced before um, so yeah uh, I'd say in that front end it will happen I don't think you can escape that fact, but to have it as a recurring theme in your training, I think is very detrimental to your training, as you said before. What about you, Will? Yeah, I, I agree. Especially with the, I don't know who you were speaking to, but I think it's the example you gave for someone that couldn't lift their arms for five days. Like, you've now put yourself in a position where like, your work will suffer, your daily life will suffer. And you probably now won't go to the gym for another five days because you can't move. So like now you're you're going to end up in five days in a worse position than you were than before you done that class, um, all for the sake of of DOMS. Um, and if you're doing a class with someone and you can't move for five days and they do two more classes in those five days, well, hey, it's very TV, you're not very fit. If you can't handle the relative intensity which your body can move at, you shouldn't be doing it. You're not fit enough to do it. You can't handle that volume and intensity. Don't do it because you shouldn't be in that position. But you're training to to get better and live a more fulfilling life. Now you're just living a shitty life. Yeah, I think you have to understand the intent, don't you? Um, I quite like what you said, Stefan, about um, like a piece of clay. If you imagine that piece of clay and you push on it, you got to make you got to make a little indent. If you're pushing it with your finger, you're gonna make a little indent. And this has come down to dose and response, doesn't it? So how how much of a dose of uh, <clears throat> how much of a stimulus does this client need to see an adaption? And if you've done the assessment process correctly, if you give that client too much of a stimulus, they could have a negative adaption to that. They could actually get worse. 
so it's, it's really I think it's really important it's, and the, the way I put it to people when we talk about this is uh, when they talk they're saying I'm not working hard enough so I can't like mentally yeah we want to push ourselves and we feel we we kind of relate working hard to getting fitter but when you walk into the doctors and you've got a, a bacterial infection of some sort and they go okay right you're going to have some antibiotics we're going to give you a load of antibiotics cool they don't give you the strongest dose that they can possibly muster up which is, they can get some you can get some really strong antibiotics they give you the minimum dose that's effect going to be effective and then they say, okay, come back in six weeks if it hasn't cleared up. And then you come back in six weeks and maybe it hasn't cleared up fully yet. So they give you a slightly stronger dose. And go come back in six weeks, see if it's cleared up. And you keep doing that until you've cleared it up. You don't just go in and go, right, we're going to smash her. Because if we overdose her, which is essentially what that muscle, that extreme muscle soreness is, is an overdose of um, stress to the system then you're gonna have a negative response to that. And that can actually get quite serious. Um, it's probably important to talk about uh, rhabdomyolysis or rhabdomyolysis, I can't remember how you say it. Um, <clears throat> the, like the extreme muscle breakdown, when it starts releasing protein into the blood system and that screws your liver up and your kidneys up and you just go into system failure. And uh, that's what you hear about when people um, uh, like run marathons. With, with without having trained for it for instance and then they end up dying and i think it is originally um as an effect originally seen from crush injuries in the blitz in the world war one in world war two that's where it kind of came from um but yeah the, the dose and response is extremely important i think figuring that out is extremely important because that's going to set the tone for your training and then moving on to what we were saying about intent if you're a um elite athlete then you need to go in to your, um, and you've got a high training age, you're going to have to go into that uh, workout, probably looking for a slight bit of DOMS, because that's the only way you're going to um, respond. Will just disappeared. Um, that's the only way you're going to respond. You need a high dose of exercise now, to, or a high dose of stress to get any response from it. Um, so that's kind of my view on dose and response. I think it's really important to understand that if you are brand new to it and you go into a workout and like body pump and you're like, yeah, I'm going to absolutely smash myself. I want to work hard. You're motivated. Uh, so understand, <laughs> start slow and build it up slowly over time. And I would argue if you're looking for health, you should never really have to experience DOMS like let's say 10 is ex the extreme max level and one is the minimum higher than a two like you should never really experience it that and there's probably going to be points where you just push it a little bit too hard because it's really hard to know if you're overdosed or if you're going to overdose someone you can never really know, really know how the body's reacting because you've got so many factors at play nutrition sleep uh, already accumulated stress um training history all that sort of stuff what's your guys thoughts any any Right, folks. I think before we like keep going, what we need to do is kind of tell them what DOMS like how DOMS happens and like, what it actually is. Uh, because it'll probably then give them a better understanding of like why it hurts, how it hurts and how to get rid of it. Um so like, effectively if you've got DOMS, you've moved your body to a point, like Lee said, of uh, overstress. 
to a point where it can't recover during your session. There's now a buildup of unwanted metabolites. Uh, there's probably some sort of tissue damage and you can't now support, re, supply and resupply enough oxygen and blood to a muscle to replenish those metabolites and remove the waste product. Uh, if you've moved yourself to that point, you're now moving, like training at a state where it is non-sustainable and it probably at an intensity that you can't handle. Uh, and like, we've been, we've probably all been there. We've done workouts before that we thought, no, this is too much. The next day, we've really, really felt it. But at the same time, we've also done pretty gruesome workouts where the next day we're fine because the the relative intensity and volume for us is, is manageable. Because what we've done over a long period of time is accumulated enough volume through these repetitions and movement. We've got enough, um, what's the word? competency through those movements so we can handle that so when it comes down to it when we're finished we're not in that insufficient state where we can't supply our body with what it needs and our body can still remove those waste products other people doing that same workout can't so they're still in this unsustainable state and they're the ones that are going to be getting doms as it were um, because they can't their body cannot supply and resupply what it needs to remove the waste uh, in an efficient manner. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've done. I've definitely done it. I've done it a couple of months ago now. Um, my coach programmed me a load of like midline dominant workouts, a load of toes to bar. I hadn't done toes to bar in ages, and the uh, the next, I think it's probably ten days, ten to twelve days. I think I had like minor rhabdo. Um, it I, it was agony. Like it was, it affected my the subsequent training days. And I couldn't get as much out of the training days because I, like, I could barely sit up for the first, probably it was like 24 hours. It usually takes about 24 hours to set in, doesn't it? Um, that 24 hours later, I could barely sit up out of bed. It was it was agony. Like they would, they just my abs had given up, <laughs> and uh, that re- that rarely happens with me because um, I've been doing some weight training. Other than when, but then I look back on it and I was like, I hadn't eaten that well. I hadn't. Um, slept that well that night I was a little bit dehydrated because I remember going into it thinking oh I'm a little bit dehydrated and like there's a few things that have to be in place for that to happen and then a high volume of a movement that I hadn't done for a while and I was in agony for the next <laughs> eight to ten days I think it was I remember trying to like just getting up out of bed was hard I had to roll onto my side swing my legs round then push myself up my arms because I couldn't sit up. <laughs> it was not good. Um, so like the the volume and intensity of that movement was like beyond what you're effectively capable of, isn't it? Like yeah, that's, exactly. that's why you got to the state where you were. Yeah. But that, that's the majority of people that go to these uh, type of fitness classes. They probably get up like that every day. Yeah. It's uh, that's what body pump is. It's a it's a volume based workout like you do as many reps as you can i think they uh, i remember see, uh, having a consult with a client and they were a body pump instructor and they tore their labrum doing body pump because one of the things you have to do at the or one of the things they did at the end was a um i think it was body pump like a, it was like a max effort reps max effort weight for like three minutes and they do it at the end of every class. I think it's like a push press or something like that, or a shoulder to overhead of some sort. And they have to go as heavy as they can, and they have to do as many reps as they can. 
because it's vol it's volume based, so they cover they cover um, every person in that workout. So every person walks away feeling a little bit sore, or walks away feeling sore, and because we, it's a, the myth is the sore you get, the more fat you break down. That's how like like you can you can like it, that's it's directly related. The harder you work, the more calories you burn per second squared, because right? that's what it's all about in the fitness industry, isn't it? Burning calories. The more calories you burn, the better. You're like okay, well that's not necessarily the case. Um, we're trying to create an adaption. That's what we're looking for, and then let you recover from it. That's that's the key thing. If you, if you create an adaption that you can't recover from, it's like you, it kind of says it in the sentence, doesn't it? It's, you can't recover from it, so it's it's not a good thing. It's like driving your car into a wall at 100, 100 mile an hour. You're not going to recover from it, or it's going to take you a bloody long time. Um, and it's, it's detrimental to the average population and uh, if you know someone that's in a severe strait of dishealth is that the word like not healthy <laughs> the opposite to health um what's happening here my computer's just gone a bit crazy uh two seconds yeah, there we go. The computer just opened up a weird file. Um, yeah, if they're in a state of dishealth, they and they maybe they've got arthritis, they they're overweight, they're pushing like sixties or whatever. Um, they've not exercised before in their life, and they go into a class thinking that's going to help them. What's that going to do to their mindset? Thinking is this what every workout is going to be like? Like sod that, <laughs> I'm not going back. And again, it pushes people out of the gym as opposed to keeping them in there. Um, and if someone doesn't feel safe in the gym, they're not going to come back. They're not going to work with, if you're a PT, they're not going to work with you if they don't feel safe. So you need to make sure that you're appropriately dosing exercise to get the, or the minimum effective dose to get the maximum effective outcome. And that isn't smashing your clients every single session. And as a client that isn't going to the gym, hoping to be smashed because you won't be able to sustain it. And what we'll see with even people that are kind of a good level of fitness, more within the fitness, competitive fitness or want to be competitive, competitive fitness athlete, client, whatever you want to call them. It leads to a point of just burnout because you just can't sustain that level of volume and intensity. Um, if you haven't got the nutritional support, the um, remedial support, like from therapists and things like that, um, the recovery methods, the um, just the biomechanical makeup and the genetics to support that level of output, it will just lead to burnout. <laughs> it, it happens every single time. And I, I know that I can see the client that will experience that burnout nine times out of ten before I even train them and uh, that le that can lead later on in life to cognitive problems like uh, it's not a good position to be in if you're trying to do that the rest of like, I've got clients now that have been training 20 years or been doing exercise 20 years or being exercised for 20 odd years and now they're like mid 40s and you can tell the problems that they're having the mental problems the psychological issues that they have 
um, like body image and confidence and uh, wanting to work harder but knowing that they can't and not being able to uh, what's the word um, align those two together to try to find a happy medium and it's uh, it's frustrating for them it's really really hard <laughs> it's uh, not easy and they either go one or two ways to that point they either quit and just give up fitness altogether or they go back to their back to their old ways and just smash themselves into the ground and accept that as their new normal and it's that that's the way I have to be now to get the get the fix um, so yeah I think like muscle soreness and chasing after it is a uh, it's a full pursuit. <sighs> rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easy to go get into a rant with this, isn't it? Again, it's another myth in the fitness industry that needs to be broken down, that needs to be dissected, and that even if you're a bo- someone looking to like bodybuild, like you don't necessarily need muscle soreness. I see people going into the gym and going to failure every single time they come into the gym with every single movement that they do. They just go into failure, and their mates are helping them when they go to failure. And I know they're looking after, they're looking for, or they're seeking out that DOMS and that muscle soreness, and it's just not necessary. Um, the only time I would deem that pursuit necessary is, like I said, if they've got a higher training age, and we need a strong stimulus. Um, using the antibiotics analogy, they've been on antibiotics for a couple of months now. It's not quite working. We need to up the dose. And at that point, we might be looking for some level of DOMS and go, okay, we've got DOMS this one week. Cool, we're in the right level now. We're, the bodies uh, can't quite cope with this level of exercise. So we're, got, we're in, the right, in and around the right level. And that's hard to know. Um, yeah, well, what's, what's your guys' thoughts on that? In the, when, I suppose when the pursuit is necessary, if that makes sense. At the, yeah. I suppose at the elite level and the longer training age level. Yeah, I think like a lot of what we do is never perfect. A lot of it is trial and error. So there's no guarantee. Although we can make an educated guess, we're still throwing darts at a dartboard. We th- we're not necessarily going to hit bullseye every time. Uh, and I think that's quite important. So it, I think having that conversation with your client letting them understand the fact that they may get sore is probably a good conversation to have because we don't know whether they're going to get sore or not. We cannot possibly predict, especially if they're a new client to you, we cannot possibly predict their physiology and how it's going to respond. Um, although we can assess them to like till kingdom come, we just don't know if that stimulus is going to be perfect for that person. So a lot of it is trial and error, but then that's where, a good coach will know how to scale. So whether that's reducing reps, whether that's reducing sets, whether that's changing the complexity of the exercise or the intensity, that's where being open and honest and having that relationship with a coach is extremely important. So you can have those conversations and not be afraid to tell them, oh, like I'm too sore to do this exercise today. Tell your coach because they need to know because otherwise they're just going to keep giving you stuff that you can't recover from and it's going to just keep pushing you further and further into the ground. You're never going to fully recover. And you're never going to know, like you were saying, Lee, you're never going to know what normal feels like again. Uh, and and that's kind of sad. And I've worked with a client like that um, as well. And it's, it's quite sad for them 
not to be able to see what not feeling sore feels like and it's it's quite difficult to then get them to switch because they've never had that experience where they can just turn up train because now that their cognition is saying but that means i'm not working hard enough when actually it means that you're (laughs) you're healthier because you're not getting sore so you can continue to perform at that level consistently and you can adhere to your program like we've had this conversation before consistency and adherence are two biggest things they're going to allow you to progress and adapt so if you're getting sore and like that's right you off for five days you cannot possibly continue to progress at the same the same rate uh so yeah i think you have to have that conversation you have to be open and honest if you have a coach, tell that tell the coach if you're getting sore, so that they can adjust your program accordingly. If similarly, if they don't know how to adjust that program to stop you from getting sore, or they don't know what advice to give you on how to recover, then you need a new coach mm-hmm. because that relationship isn't working for you. That's a negative relationship. Yeah, if, if your coach is, if your personal trainer or your coach or whatever you got, if you haven't got a coach, go and get one. <laughs> Even if you have to sift through a couple, go and get one. Um, if they're if you're if you're consistently being thrashed into the ground week after week, and you're consistently walking away with a couple of days worth of soreness, then the program is too much for you. Because what that's doing is it's just time stamping into your nervous system that you have to work extremely hard every single time you go into the gym, and. The only way to get better in that system, and this is CrossFit, the only way to get better in that system is to keep going harder. And that's, that's, a, that's a, it's not an optimal progression, it's not an optimal decline. And uh, for those, the reason I say that last pit is that, yes, you are going to decline. You can't consistently or linearly improve for the rest of your life. You're going to get worse at some point than you are now, potentially. And... <laughs> we want to extend that out to the right if you keep going hard now you shorten that and you you take yourself away from that optimal decline and essentially like you look at elite level athletes take something like rugby or um wrestling or fighting mma that sort of stuff like quite combative um these people don't live that long they rarely are they living Muhammad Ali for instance Parkinson's like you could you could pretty much relate that now to probably to his boxing the research is there um, NFL like people for die, the concussions that people receive um, like this elite level doesn't correlate to or doesn't it isn't linked to long living a long and a healthy and happy life you probably are going to die early at that point and having elite level fitness has seeped into the health and fitness industry like we we fitness is now being has moved so far away from supporting health and longevity that it's now supporting a non-optimal decline in health for people we can see it in the stats of obesity and chronic disease like the fitness industry is the biggest and the wealthiest ever wealthiest it's ever been and it's still growing um, I think the amount of gyms in the UK grew by, I think it's something like 27% last year. Like, that's a huge increase on the year before, like, which is a good thing that there's more gyms about and they're more accessible, but at the same time it shows you how 
how much profit there is in the fitness industry and but the methods that they're utilizing so hit crossfit um just high intensity body pump all this sort of stuff high volume smash you into the ground um work work you hot make you work hot really 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 hard out of your limits put and then attach some sort of um lever of honor to that to say yeah you've worked hard so that's a good thing and you're you've smashed yourself into the ground you've pushed your limits that's a good thing not necessarily um this kind of looking up to the david goggins ex-navy seals and middletons of the world yeah i think there's that's great that they've done those things but at the same time they've risked a lot to do those things uh, i think david goggins rang his next navy seal search him like a motivational guy on instagram <laughs> search him and have a look at some of his videos he's always he always does it whilst he's running he ran a uh, i think he ran like a 200k ultra endurance race and at the end of it went into like severe liver failure and nearly died from it but people were like yeah you pushed the limits man good on you i'm going to try and do that as well like no <laughs> that's not health like look looking after that is not for, looking for that is not health if you want to be a better human and you want to be better uh, or you want to serve your family better and you want to work be able to uh, improve in your career which is not fitness or not sport then the current fitness model is not supporting that it's it's far from it um even the bodybuilding type thing is not supporting that. It's far from it. It's actually quite removed from it, to be honest. Um, but if you are looking for aesthetics and you want to do a bodybuilding show and you are, and health doesn't come into it, and you, or you are looking for sport performance and you want to be the best rugby player you can be, at whatever level that is, then understand that and go for it, but understand the consequences and the things that you're potentially giving up there. And... As long as the intent is there, crack on. Like, as, long as, you, as long as you really know what you're doing, crack on. But, like I said, if, you're, um, in, if your goal is to live a long, healthy life, then muscle soreness, and extreme muscle soreness as well, doesn't really come into it. It's, it's actually quite far removed from it. <laughs> Going for a walk. I think one of my clients is, they do a yoga session a week because they enjoy it. They do uh, three walks, I think from 30 to 45 minutes a week, and they do two resistance-based sessions. Like that is a health and longevity-based session. Like their resistance stuff is very much body weight orientated because that's uh, what they can manage at the moment. And you can, I suppose, I don't like the word scale, but you can scale that up, and that can let, that resistance training can move into more. Um, like external load based resistance training utilising machines and utilising different patterns and things um, but if you have to go into a um, into a coach and they lay you down on a bed and they tell you to put, like resist against a, a force which you're applying as a coach I mean Will did some of it yesterday that is enough to see an adaption I had a client yesterday I saw that was uh, uh, I saw them for half an hour like 30 minutes all of that was sat on the bed like they were on a uh, massage bed that is <laughs> just just to clarify <laughs> um on a table a massage table i didn't massage them we're putting them into positions i'm 
asking them to resist an external force and uh, they walked away from that like yeah I'm actually tired now and they were laying down for most of it so, and then me and Will did some and it's not easy not easy stuff so it's, it's making sure like I said making sure that your intent is correct and understanding that um, if you're if what you're doing lines up with your goals then yeah crack on go for it but for longevity and health the current model in the fitness industry is not supporting that it's taking it's lying to people and it's taking you far away from it because it it gets a massive adrenaline drive it gets a massive cortisol surge and it's massively addictive you're you are an adrenaline junkie at that point you're just not going to go you're not going on a roller coaster as such um you're going to go on a very different hormonal roller coaster <laughs> yeah um will you look like you've got something to say uh yeah, so i think in my opinion, this is what I, I kind of I think based on what people. No one cares about your opinion, things, Will. <laughs> um, like, there's a large misunderstanding of what like DOMS is. So the general population don't understand standard properly. Like they they see because you have I don't know some media outlet um, report about some scientific study about DOMS and how people that got DOMS eventually got better. Oh, we must have that too. But if you if you look at the actual scientific like quantification of what DOMS is, there's very very few people that probably actually had true state of DOMS. Like we can probably identify times where we probably had like severe muscle soreness, but what they probably don't understand is that yes, after exercise your muscle will be damaged. There will be an element of like mechanical damage and metabolic distress, but in small doses, that's okay. And you probably don't notice the small doses of that day to day. But what happens is they'll go to the gym, they'll leave slightly sore because they have got tissue damage, the muscle has torn. And they go, oh, it's, it's sore, it must be DOMS. No, it's just a little bit of soreness, it's a little bit of tissue damage. You do not have scientific quantification, classification of DOMS, but your reporting is that. So now that just spreads around, oh, I had massive doms last night from this workout. No, you didn't. All you done was bump your homeostatic level just a little bit too far. Now you're a little bit sore. You've got a little bit of damage, but you'll recover from that by tomorrow. And so like people calling things that they aren't um, becomes a problem when other people then want to seek the same thing. Um, like I think many scientists, if they were to listen to the general fitness population talk about DOMS, they get very frustrated how they're not actually having a classification of true delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, they've just got a little bit of micro damage in the muscle. Yeah. Yeah, we need, we need to be doing specific testing for that, wouldn't we? Yeah, like the, the only way you can identify is that you have to do blood tests and probably muscle biopsies. And you're not going to do that every time you train. Um, but I think for people to say they have DOMS, they have to truly understand the physiolog physiology behind it to, to say that. Um, and I could probably place a bet that most people who've reported it in their life from their little 30 minute gym session they've done, they have not got DOMS. Yeah. But you'll be fine. Yeah. But tr true DOMS is pretty grim. Yeah. And it's, 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 there's just such a fine line, isn't it? You can recover from DOMS. But it's that fine line to going just a bit too far, and that is like severely dangerous. 
it's not it's not a good place to be so it's not like if you can't move for five days like you probably are in a state of and we've seen it previously like people getting if you're getting swelling around your muscles um like you are that's that's rhabdo it's a very minor that's extreme doms and minor rhabdo and one you, you should go to a hospital like firstly like <laughs> you you need to go and get on some uh, get on an iv and a drip and uh i've again a friend has told me about a, a, one of their friends has gone to a pt to get fit for their wedding they wanted to lose a bit of weight for their wedding and uh they absolutely destroyed them <clears throat> a day later had all this swelling around their stomach and they came in to the PT session, like as was planned, saying I've got this swelling on my stomach. They're like, "Okay, we want, we just won't do abs today." And instead of doing sit ups, they did things like front planks and side planks and things like that again to a point where they just couldn't manage it. And that person ended up in hospital like that night, swelling, coughing up, all that stuff. Had an extreme case of rhabdo, and it's just more and more common. Like it's not like I said, it's associated with crush injuries. It's not. It's not a good thing, um, but I think it's just a. Uh, it's a badge of honour that people are searching for. I've been. I'm guilty of it myself. Um, I've gone in work. I need to work hard to get anything out of this. But the more and more I go along, I realise that actually I need to. I want to do less to get more out of it. I want to spend as little time in the gym to get the maximum response from it. Because there's no point spending two hours in the gym when you could spend ten minutes in there. Just, there's just no point <laughs> and people say oh yeah I enjoy it like, that's that's great um, enjoy it in small doses and you'll actually enjoy it more like the psychology <laughs> report um, or psychology literature supports that as well smaller doses equals long term happiness so um, yeah it's a, it's a frustrating frustrating conversation <laughs> In terms of like people training to get better, like I picture like you're trying to push a car, and if you just keep taking like a run up, running full speed, slamming into the back of that car, like it's gonna hurt. You're probably not gonna get very far. But if you take it really slowly, take push your weight into the car and slowly, slowly step forwards, pushing that car, you're gonna move a lot further than if you just keep charging head on into that car repeatedly. Like. And that's what people should be like with their training. Just move it a little bit at a time. Just bump that line a little bit further forward every time. Don't just run head first into it and then wonder why you're in pain and you haven't got anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're just bleeding. The car's not moved. It's just a massive dent in the back of the car now. <laughs> and the person next to you who's just leaning leaning their back on it, taking little steps, yeah. has pushed it like 20 metres further than you like. There's a reason they moved it further because they're being sensible. Exactly, it's, uh, it's just it's dosing response, isn't it? Understand. Sorry. <laughs> Stefan's dog's attack. Like dogs. <laughs> yeah, Stefan's dog didn't like didn't like that, did he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going a bit crazy. Um, yeah, it's I can't remember what I was going to say. Dosing response, like. As a as a fitnessizer, trying to get a little bit healthier, like understand dose and response, and you'll get so much further than like you will be. You will be more consistent. You will be more um, like consistent over the long term. You will your motivation will increase. You'll gain momentum 
So your motivation will increase over time as opposed to taking a little dig every time you go in there and coming out going, oh, that is just really hard. I can't, you shouldn't be going, coming out of the gym feeling worse than you did going into it. Like you shouldn't be coming out going, oh, that is really hard. I don't know if I can do that again, which I know a lot of people are doing. Um, whether they say it out loud or not, I know that thought's going through their heads. I see it in the gym I go to and I hear it in the gym I go to when all the people are leaving the class. They're like, oh, that was really hard. Oh, oh that was really, really hard. It should be, you should be saying, that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Can't wait for next week. That should be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. The first thought that the first and only thought that goes into your head. And if you get it right, like I said, you build momentum. That momentum gains. And if you maintain momentum, that stabilizes. Momentum stabilizes physics. That stabilizes your life. And everything just starts clicking around it. And you see those people that do that, that are sensible about it, that gain momentum. Um, they end up being stable mentally they have a stable lifestyle they have stable relationships they have stable nutritional practices they have stable training practices and everything just clicks and they reach their goals are often reached sooner than they expected and surpassed um, and they maintain that and that's that's the key as opposed to yo-yoing and going all over the place which is the common and um, so if you want to avoid that um you need to you need to you need to take it slow uh one of the things I did want to touch on as soon as we'll ball it up was um, the effect or the, the factors that contribute to hypertrophy of a muscle. So a muscle getting leaner or getting a little bit bigger. Um, what are the, for the people listening, what are the, like, the scientific factors that contribute to that? Well, you talked about um, mechanical distress and uh, muscular damage, I think. Yeah, metabolic uh distress and mechanical damage um that's a third one isn't there stefan attention yeah that's one what was that stefan <laughs> time under tension what, what do you mean by that <laughs> yeah, but surely more time under tension causes mechanical uh, distress no it's mechanical strain yeah yeah oh, so, so there's more to it stefan will know <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so trying to be, you know, like, a muscle to, to get uh, bigger. Definition by hypertrophy, the it's got bigger. Like you have to either go through mechanical stress or metabolic stress in order for that muscle to recover uh, and repair itself in a fashion that presents itself as larger or, or stronger. Um, but you can do that without feeling sore. Like this, then removing that line slightly, slightly, so you have that, that distress and uh, damage in very small doses, um, which is obviously suitable and relative to the individual. Uh, and the, they'll see greater improvements than if they had a big dose and then can't do it again for three days. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's important, but important to understand that. And when we say those again that listening. When we say hypertrophy, if as an exercise professional, that if you if you if you go and get a PT, they are going to look for hypertrophy of the muscle because that presents it as leaner. But that doesn't mean you're going to turn into a bodybuilder on a show. It just means you're going to get leaner, and you're if you're looking for a bit of aesthetic um, change, then you're going to look better. 
Uh, so I think it's important to understand that hypertrophy, in most cases, is a good thing, uh, and especially when we're talking about uh, training. Um, we do want you to be a little bit leaner, like your reduced body fat, you'll look leaner, but you'll actually be smaller in most cases, because uh, it takes muscle takes up less space in, in the air. Um, I think that's actually a good point to finish on. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, get in touch, get a coach. Jesus Christ, like, like I said, you don't go to a doctor and question what they tell you oftentimes. Um, like they know what they're doing. Uh, your coach knows what you're doing. Like I said, you might have to search around. Not all doctors are the best. Not all coaches are, are amazing. Uh, you might have to search around, but get a coach like it be it will be well worth the money you will spend less time guessing and dithering and uh, questioning whether you're doing what you're doing is uh, aiding towards your goals as opposed to distracting you away from it and taking away from it and uh, especially when it comes to dose and response of exercise that is extremely important because that will it will make it can make or break you uh, it, we're professional stress testers at the end of the day. We're trying to find the minimum amount of stress that we can add to your body to create a good adaption because you can add too much stress and create maladaptions to your system and you can get worse by exercising. People don't, under, people don't uh, recognize that, that not all exercise is good for you and you can get worse. And if you are in a state of high stress and we give you a back, another dose of high stress, you can get worse. <laughs> you can put on more fat. You can get injured. Um, you can create uh, negative processes that exacerbate the problems that you're already facing. So uh, get a coach because this stuff ain't easy. It's fucking complex and complicated. And we've spent, what, 10, 15 years now um, each of trying to understand the body. Uh, we're still a fraction into it. People in the industry that have been in it for 30, 40, 50 years, scientists that research every day that still don't understand it fully. Um, <laughs> like, that's why we're in the state we're in. So get a coach to help you and guide you uh, down this path of longevity for the rest of your life. Not just for six to eight weeks. Just saw, annoyingly, I just saw bloody James Haskell put out a new book, Transform Your Body in Eight Weeks. Back off. <laughs> Doesn't happen. It's the rest of your eight, next 80 years of your life. Like, that's what you should be thinking. How do I do this for the next 80 years of my life? Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to get in touch, contact us, info at base.training or head to the website, www.base.training. You can go onto the Get Started page, click on one of our photos. Um, if you like something we've said specifically, you can book a free phone consultation with us we will uh, take some time to listen to you and understand what you're actually looking for and really try and clarify and help you maybe you don't know help you understand what you're trying to look for well then if necessary book a uh, uh, consultation we'll dig into that a little bit further and then if we make the decision to take you on and you make the decision to and we mutually agree that this is a relationship we want to get into then we will start the process of helping you move towards your goals over the next X amount of years of your life, hopefully. Um, until that time, peace out. <laughs>